Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. For over six years, and for reasons he can't explain, Matt Green, 37 years old, has been walking every block of every street in New York City, a journey of more than 8,000 miles. From filmmaker Jeremy Workman and executive producer Jesse Eisenberg, The World Before Your Feet tells the story of one man's unusual personal quest and the unexpected journey of discovery, humanity, and the wonders that ensue that are New York, and and its people. We're joined today by the director of The World Before Your Feet, and that would be Jeremy Workman. Jeremy, welcome to Film School. Thanks. Thanks for having me. That description sounds pretty good. Okay. <laughs> I'd I see that movie. <laughs> yes, and I will encourage uh, anyone within the uh, sound of our voices to, to do the same, to encourage them to see this film. It is a, a wonderful film for some of the reasons that I mentioned in our introduction. Uh, Matt is a terrific guide and a very interesting person to be around and to hear him talk about his life and his experiences and the logistics of how he went about doing this. But from your perspective, um, tell me a little bit about uh, how long you may have known Matt for before this project got underway, sorry, your relationship to him, and what was it that prompted him to want to do this particular walk around New York City? I had known Matt for, I've known Matt for about a decade now. So it, we, we first, I first was a friend of him first before I was a filmmaker approaching him about a documentary. Um, we had been friends. He was doing a lot of interesting walking projects in New York City. And I, I, um, we, we met, and I thought he was just really interesting. And uh, at the time, I was making another film, and then I had started another one after that. But I'd always sort of just been friendly with Matt. And he, in 2010, he walked across the country. God. And I thought that was so fascinating. Here's this 37-year-old successful engineer. You know, he had a good job as an engineer building roads, ironically. And oh. he decided that he didn't want to live in a cubicle, and he decides that he's going to walk across the country. This was in 2010. And I thought it was so interesting that I even was thinking, like, uh, at that point, maybe I could film it, and I could be there to film it. Um, but at, I was in the middle of another film, and then he came back from the, from the cross-country walk, came back to New York City, and then decided that he wasn't done walking, and that the city that he lived in, he barely knew... And he decided that he would walk every street in New York City. And when, when, you know, he says every street, I mean, he really means it. If you added up all the streets of all the five boroughs in New York City, it's about 8,000 miles, maybe even is more. And Matt also walks beyond just the walkable streets. He also walks parks, coastlines, cemeteries, piers, public paths, anything that he could walk he adds to his project. So he started doing that in 2012. He got a little bit of a head start on me, about two years. And then around 2000, late 2014, I went to him, and I sort of asked him if I could just come along and film him. And um, I, you know, I approached him as a friend. 
I said, look, I, you know, you're doing all these interesting things. You're seeing all these interesting things. Why don't I come along with a camera and just we'll start shooting and seeing what happens. And, you know, when people, you know, your, your listeners see the film, they're going to, they see, they'll see, you know, he's not somebody who's looking for publicity. He's not somebody looking to have a documentary made on him. Um, but he was very comfortable with just me kind of saying like, Hey, it's just going to be me. I'm not going to bring a, bring a big crew. Mm-hmm. So I shot it myself, um, ha- essentially handheld without any other crew. Um, as he walked, I walked and I filmed him for three years Jeez. and I filmed probably over 500 hours. And over the course of those, that filming, you know, edited it also and sculpted into this movie um that now comes up and and uh has has been doing really well and we're really excited to share it with audiences yeah i'm kind of curious have you calculated how much how many miles you walked you know i sort of lost track i mean it was so it was so much material that i shot (sighs) you know um i probably i mean i probably i could have walked several I i definitely walked several hundred miles Okay. And it could have been inching towards a thousand. Okay. Um, I, I filmed him for over a hundred days yeah. in various, various locations all over the city. And often I would go seven, eight miles. And since it was just me with a camera, I would just get exhausted yeah. after a few hours. And then um, I would kind of turn in midday. But then Matt would keep going and he'd keep walking. Uh, yeah, w- one of the great things about the film the world before your feet is that matt is such an affable guy he seems very comfortable uh just in terms of his interaction with people he seems inquisitive and because you mentioned he has an engineering background this sense of curiosity really serves him well i think engineers if if they're nothing else that's how they become engineers is they're curious about how things work and for him I think this was a big, probably a big part of his psychology, personal psychology in moving forward with what he's been doing, is this, is this innate curiosity about the world that he inhabits. No doubt. You know, um, Matt's like a human greeting card. That's what he's like. So <laughs> you could, yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's really true. And when, when you see the documentary, you really see it. And, and, and it's really, you know, you, you don't, you just watch this guy walk in every single location of New York City in every neighborhood and some neighborhoods that, you know, some people might not think are, are the quote unquote good neighborhoods, you know, which yeah, yeah. in reality is, is a pretty dumb, you know, distinction. But some people think that there's certain, you know, that it's not safe or whatever it is. But with Matt, everything's safe and everywhere he goes, he's, he's greeted by people and he has this really amazing ability to kind of, you know, make kind of be friendly with everybody and make friends with everybody. And it, it's really simple. It starts just with a, a smile and him saying hello. And usually what would happen is any place we were at in New York City, people would come out and, and sort of immediately be interested in him. Um, but as you said, he's an engineer. So he also has this kind of, you know, left brain kind of anal retentive OCD thing. So he's also kind of, you know, making sure that every street is walked and he hits every neighborhood and he keeps track um, on his website, which is I'm just walking.com. 
he keeps track of all the streets that he's done, and he's about 95% finished as of today. So he's not even finished. He's still walking. He's about to start his seventh. I guess he's already started his seventh year. Well, the the good news mm -hmm. is he's down to the hundreds of miles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could finish next year. Easily he could finish by next year. Yeah. So, um and he wants to finish. Some people imagine, like, oh, he doesn't want to finish. He wants to do this forever. But, no, he does want to finish. You know, the other thing that's really interesting about his lifestyle is he, he, doesn't, he lives off $10 a day or about 10 to $15 a day. So when he quit being an engineer, he had enough money to save that, that he had saved up that he was able to do this. And he doesn't have an apartment, and he couch surfs all over New York City. Often he's cat-sitting, which is sort of one of the funny scenes in, yep. in the documentary where you see him with all these cats. But um, so he, he doesn't have many possessions, and he has lived this kind of, you know, strange life, life with this lifestyle for now going on nine years. Um, and that's sort of how he's able to do this. The other thing that he does that, I found just so fascinating. It's not just a walk, you know, it's not just like, Oh, he's like Forrest Gump and he's, you know, that's all he does. He also, everywhere he goes, he, he he sees these things that catch his eye and they could be something really simple, like a manhole cover or a fire hydrant or a street sign, or they could be like really, really important, you know, Lincoln center, Carnegie hall. And then he does this tons and tons of research on them. And he puts all the research on his website. And, it was, and as a result of the research, he's so knowledgeable at New York, about New York City, perhaps more than anyone. I mean, it, it might not be an exaggeration to say that he knows more about New York City than anyone alive. Yeah. And he's 37. Yeah. So the, for him, you know, it's become very much about more than just the walk. It's this sort of walk and research thing this big giant project that doesn't seem like it's ever going to end you know that's so the way you're describing it and it's it comes across in the film and all these things these these looks at his life exactly as you described how he's able to sort of navigate the logistics of all this with uh, where he sleeps where he how he how he feeds himself how he gets by that's in here that there are all these sort of uh, other anecdotal things and as you described his sort of thirst for researching into th- the history of New York. And I just was thinking, you know, this isn't something that the high school job counselor would have told you, or career counselor would have told you about. Hey, <laughs> if you walk around a city and long enough and you, you can turn this into something that, but he's following a passion, whatever it may be. And I'd, I'd be curious and I, if it's something that's more personal than you'd want to talk about. I'm wondering, was there a, a, an a event in his life when that it triggered him to walk across the United States and then to do this, is there something that happened, or is it just is it as simple as just his innate curiosity about life, about things? Yeah, around I don't him? think there's a simple answer. You know, to uh, to reference a good film school movie, there's no sort of rosebud in his life. Yeah, you know that yeah. t- that has made him say like, I want to, I'm going to do this. However, you know, and the and the movie definitely gets into this. There, there's some like, you know, yeah things yeah. that yeah. that have happened within his family and, and some health scares and some, you know, relationship things that maybe really did contribute to his interest in doing all this. But, you know, he's a really curious guy. 
he's a really interesting guy, and he just sort of decided, hey, I can make this work for myself, and this is what I'm passionate about, and this is what I'm going to do. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's, you know, when there's a documentary being made on him, it sounds really kind of, you know, cool and impressive. But many, many of the days, you know, he's just all alone doing his work, doing, um, do, just putting, you know, left, you know, his feet down and walking and just doing the work. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, there's really no clear line in the sand where he said, okay, you know, I'm going to now follow this lifestyle. And, the documentary also is kind of gray about that, too. It doesn't really offer any sort of definitive answer. It's much more about exploring that, you know, there's a lot of things that people do that, you know, you don't always have a clear answer in a way. Right. And and, and in some level, Jeremy, I, I mean, as a, someone in the audience, it's such a enjoyable ride to be around him, to experience the film. At some point, you just got to let go of that kind of stuff. Just enjoy what he's doing and why, and just appreciate the fact that he this sort of anthropological exercise that he's embarked upon because he wanted to uh, is is enjoyable. It's wonderful. It's insightful. The people he meets and all the rest of it. So, you know, I just was curious if there was something that just popped out in terms of his story. But it, it doesn't need to be a, a a part of why you'd want to see this film and why you should enjoy it or not enjoy it. It's it's a separate sure, question. Sure, you know, I, I'm very interested in my films of just sort of showcasing, not showcasing. That's sort of the wrong word, but but you know, get diving in and kind of you know looking at people who maybe would be kind of uh, defined by society as eccentric. But sort of diving deeper and going into what they do and looking at it in a way that's not this kind of superficial, like, oh, look at how crazy this person is, or look at this weird thing that this person is doing. But just kind of taking that at face value and saying, okay, fine, there's not everyone is, is going to live a life, you know, a conventional life, or not everyone is going to do the same things that a lot of us do. But what, once we get past that, what is it about those things that are really, you know, can shed light for for anybody about humanity or about what it means to sort of live in the world today? And that's kind of like what my interest is. So um, Matt really fit in that perfectly yeah. because, you know, yeah, what he's doing is really eccentric. But when you when you go past that, it's like really amazing. You just discover all this sort of wonder and amazement that's kind of right in front of your eyes. And although the movie takes place in New York City, it really, it seems like it could be, the movie could be done anywhere, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's about sort of embracing the world in front of you and embracing life in front of you and taking those, you know, taking those steps to kind of see the world in this way. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Jeremy Workman. He is the director of a new documentary that's out today. It's called The World Before Your Feet. And just, I want to kind of follow that thread a little bit because you're absolutely right. We go through life, and there's a, the gentleman, the professor who had walked New York before Matt had, Matt Green had, was talking about that particular point when he said, you know, you may know one street really well because you go to the store there, there's something specific to your life that is, that is, that's why you're, that's why you're familiar with it. But there may be a, one street over, two streets over that you 
may not have ever seen, ever been down, and yet you'll claim yeah. you know your neighborhood, you know you, you know your place in, in, in your yeah. community. And I think this is a great illustration of just exactly that point taken to an absurd length, but maybe not absurd, but I just to take, but this takes it to a logical extension of that thought, is that you don't know it, your community as well as you think you yeah, do. Yeah, it's a reminder. And Matt's also somebody who doesn't try to claim that he knows all the answers. You know, it's, it's sort of that classic, that classic idea that the more you know something, the less you know something, yeah, you know? And yeah, yeah. Matt is definitely, you know, he, he is, embracing, you know, quote unquote, every street of New York City and trying to sort of get a sense of it. But he would never claim that I know the city. He would never claim that. I think for him, it's about, you know, and why I found it really inspiring is that it reminds us that, you know, we should all sort of go out in, in our in our lives. And it doesn't mean necessarily you need to walk you know, every street in your neighborhood, but we should just be more observant. We should be more curious. We should look. It's not always about, oh, I have to see the top 10 places that some website told me to see. You know, we should get our heads out of our phones a little bit, and we should just sort of look at the world a little bit and always be sort of surprised at, at what's in front of us. And I think that's really the, the lessons of the film that I wanted to kind of have in there that the world is a pretty like amazing and surprising and special place. And we should really just, you know, embrace, brace it for what it is and really get out there and, and, and see that. And what I would say about Matt Green and how, and his perspective on New York, having walked as much as he has, uh, is that he respects New York. He respects the people and the communities that he, he touches as he walks around New York City. And I think that's a really important thing about the film for me. It's There's a little bit, and I don't want to push this film into a corner in, in any way in, in terms of my perspective, but there is inevitably sort of a sociopolitical vibe from the film by virtue of just this, some of the things that you just said. The neighborhoods that he went into that would be considered out of bounds for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and and his connection to those people walking around and and then uh, and then you know just sort of generally just getting to know them a little bit in those few minutes he spends with them hearing a little bit about their stories and then there is the oh go ahead no you go finish what you're well and then and then there at one point you there's a an african-american man who uh also has done this that we see in the film Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're sort of their their time together, and him explaining the difference between Matt's journey and and the uh, essentially the ease with which Matt is able to navigate the city, and the concerns that he has in his journey through the city. Yeah, I mean, the film definitely has like a little, just kind of yeah. you know, it has hints of it's not a political. Film. No, no, I don't mean and, to. Say, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, no, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, a lot of our, our, our great documentaries of today are, are very political movies. You know, they're about really pointing out sort of, you know, issues in society and really hitting those issues hard. I'm personally not interested in those kinds of documentaries. I'm interested in the topic, but I'm not necessarily interested in making films about those topics. But what I am interested in is, is sort of making films where those ideas, are kind of embedded in the material and kind of come through the material. And maybe you don't even, 
know that that's where you were going. Yeah. So uh, on one hand, first, first with Matt, you know, Matt is it is really political. What Matt is doing is he's going to all these neighborhoods that are often forgotten, and they're often the neighborhoods that are forgotten by the media, by the news. Sometimes the only time cameras go to these neighborhoods is when they're on the nightly news to say that something terrible happened. Right. Um, they're often, you know, some of some of these neighborhoods have a have are mostly minorities, and they don't necessarily they're not always shown in such positive light in these neighborhoods. So what's kind of amazing about Matt's project is no no street is more important than another. So like Times Square, which all your listeners know, or you know, like when the ball drops, is not more important than a street in the Bronx. Right. So. For, for Matt. So the movie very much follows that idea, too, that everything is sort of equal. And in that way, you know, when we spend we spend quite a lot of time in the movie in the outer boroughs, probably more so I than think Manhattan. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And you sort of get a sense of, like, the bigger world that exists first in New York and then in our country as well that's beyond just what we see in the news. And, you know, the news is so much about today about how divisive everybody is and how everybody disagrees and and how everybody nobody could get along but when you watch sort of Matt interact with people of all different types you realize that that's just kind of like one way that the the media kind of portrays people in the United States but it's a lot more um, textured and nuanced than that and people are very much more than just their you know their who they vote for um, and that's so that's where an example of like how the political just sort of comes through as you're watching it. Yeah. But in point of reference specifically to um, his name is Garnett Cadigan. And he's this really interesting guy. He's a Jamaican uh, guy who moved to, to New York City and he's featured in the film. There's a scene where there's a, we find other people in New York City who also walk, you know, extreme lengths, And sometimes, you know, for this massive purpose. And one of them is Garnett. And Garnett, being black, has a very, very different experience doing this than Matt does, who's just this 37-year-old white guy. Right. And Garnett talks about in the film how he almost has to wear a costume so that people aren't, you know, um, they don't confuse him for somebody doing something illegally. So he has to wear, he wears this kind of outfit that makes him look like a nerd. You know, he has a book, he's got a pad of paper, he wears glasses. Yep. Sometimes he has a little backpack. Just, he, you know, he never wears a He won't a wear a hoodie. hoodie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it suddenly, it makes you like, oh my God, all this time I've been spending with this affable guy, Matt Green, and how he's, you know, jaunty and funny, and he's traveling all over the, the five boroughs. And then all of a sudden the movie kind of switches gears on you and, and, and it kind of drops down on this other guy who has... Is having is trying to do the same thing, but has a whole different kind of experience. I'll tell it you, it sort of reminds you of, of what's at stake sometimes, just if you look differently. Yeah, I'll tell you that really is is a, a key part of the film for me. Watching that, I mean, mm. all of this stuff sort of flows. That, that's the thing. It's like it's like a walking tour. It sort of flows. The film does, and and we along the along the riverbanks we see. You know, barber shops that he's he's sort of fallen in love with how the different far, uh, barber shops name themselves. We see the outer boroughs. We see waterways. We see we see wetlands. We see all these kinds of things that we're not familiar with in terms of what our perceptions of New York are. And then 
as we get to know some of the people that he crosses paths with. And then, and then this, yeah, uh, Garnett enters the picture, and it, yeah. and it and it's sort it's all part of this. This is all part of the cavalcade of what he is experiencing. And I just it just really is one of those things that it's a this extra flavor in the film. It's an enjoyable watch, as I said, very affable, fun to watch. And then this extra flavor kicks in, and it's it really forces you to sort of understand what it is uh, that the big picture in terms of it's all yeah. fun and games until somebody gets hurt. I mean, yeah, exactly. C- and it's without a doubt that is like my you know what I always hope to accomplish as a filmmaker that. You know, we start, the movie starts one way and you sort of have your own expectations and you're kind of going with it and you've sort of already made decisions in your mind about what the film's going to be. Oh, it's a guy walking every street. Oh, he's funny. And uh, he, he shakes hands with a lot of people. We're going to see a lot of different places in New York City and then I'm going to go home after 90 minutes. But, you know, what always I'm thinking about is how do we get, how do we keep subverting that experience? And how does the movie kind of get deeper and deeper as it goes? So where it started one way tonally, it just sort of gets sort of deeper and deeper as we go. And, you know, yeah, Matt, so a lot of, for me, there's a lot of scenes at the beginning of the movie that are lighter and it's more fun. And then as the movie progresses, it starts, you know, it's like that classic cliche of the, 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 the onion that it's like you're, yeah. you're un, un, the skin of an onion, you know, and as it goes, it's just sort of getting kind of deeper and deeper so that towards the middle of the movie, it starts getting into issues of race and about life and life choices. And then it gets into nine eleven, and it gets into, yeah. you know, ideas of death even. Yeah. So, yeah. um, Definitely by design and kind of, in a way, how I structured the movie. Well, you did a great job with the film. It's wonderful. Just sort of the last minute I have with you, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, you have Jesse Eisenberg uh, came came aboard as uh, executive producer in the film. Tell me how sort of is a, a relationship with him that you have, or how, how did he get yeah, involved? Yeah, sure. This is the first film that Jesse's ever been a producer on. So we're really excited that he's on board. And, you know, he, he, he came on board. I mean, he's a producer, and it's that kind of classic thing about what does a producer do, you know, in the industry. Some people never know. You know, sometimes they raise money. Sometimes they help with the crew. With Jesse, it was really just he loved the movie so much, and he identified with Matt so much that he wanted to come on board and sort of lend his name and support. He got very involved creatively, especially when I was editing it. Um, I had met Jesse when he was working on that film, The End of the Tour, which was about David Foster Wallace. Yes. And I was, I was hired to create little bite-sized documentary pieces that were about the making of the movie. And I got to know Jesse, not very well, but I really thought that he would connect with this movie. And then I sort of reached out to him out of the blue and asked him to have a look. And, you know, he jokes about it now that he was going to watch five minutes and just tell me, you know, thanks, but, you know, I don't do this. But then that day he, he said he, he watched it twice in a row. And I think it just really spoke to him about, you know, he's from, he was born in New York, but he grew up in New Jersey. Um, but he, it's kind of like how a little bit, I think he really does identify with Matt and, he, he is somebody who, for example, even though he was in the social network, he's not on, you know, social media. You know, so he is really somebody who is, he's a thinker. 
see somebody who's not just looking to be famous to be famous. He's right. really interested in, in, in his craft. And I, I think he really connects with Matt in a way. And um, he's been very sort of active in supporting the film. So it's been great. Um, if, if the listener is in Los Angeles, we're, we're coming out in New York City today, but we're also playing in Los Angeles at the New Art opening on Friday. Right. And Jesse's going to be at a couple of those screenings that oh. do Q&A. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's great to hear. Good. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll let people know. That'll be on the blog as well as, yeah, obviously, great. we're talking about it. It's, it's, it's just a wonderful experience. And again, The World Before Your Feet is opening at the New Art, as you said, this Friday, today, this Friday uh, on uh, November 23rd. And yeah, November 21st in New York City at the Quad Cinema, November 23rd at the New Art. And then for other listeners that want to see it, we'll be adding additional cities over the next few weeks. Anyone could go to our website. Well, the, there's information about how to see it. It's theworldbeforeyourfeet.com. Exactly. And, you know, I'm certainly, hopefully by February or March or something, we'll also be doing you know, all the, the digital and the on-demand, and it'll also be expanding out digitally as well. Great. And by the way, as you said, the new art, which is on Santa Monica Boulevard, right off the 405 freeway, you literally can't miss it if you get off the freeway, the 405 yeah. head west. You it you almost run into it. It's that, it's that close to the freeway. And uh, there's a 7 o'clock and 940 screening, which I assume that Jesse will probably be around for a little bit of that if he's around. Uh, on yep. those nights, so um, and I'll be there too. And if any, you know, listeners oh, okay. want to come up, I, I'd be happy to, you know, give them all, give you know, we could we could chat and uh, okay. you know make make fun of make fun of you and yeah. do all that kind of stuff. Make fun of L.A. <laughs> maybe maybe yeah, I'll sure. walk around L.A. for the next five nice. years. Okay, how about that? So there, awesome. uh, yeah. So all right. Well, I really appreciate your time, and it's just a wonderful film. And by the way, one last little bit of uh, flavor to throw into uh, promoting the film. It's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, so for people who care about that, there you go. Nicely done. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, again, the film is called The World Before Your Feet, and we've been talking with the director, Jeremy Workman. And Jeremy, thank you again for your time and for your film, and to come come back. It sounds like you've got other projects in the works. I hope you come back and join us again. Thank you. My pleasure. I will. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.